0: This is The Grid, presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction, LLC. When you find yourself needing a roof repair and are looking for a roofing company, American Shield Roofing and Construction is happy to meet your needs. When dealing with a roofing company, you need a roof contractor who is dependable, who can arrive on time, and provide you a quality new roof in a timely manner. Our goal is to present you with honest, accurate information, quotes, and estimates. Call us at 361-343-7018 or visit us at americanshieldroofing.com. Proud title sponsor of the 2021-2022 Victoria Advocate Varsity Cup Awards. Well, guys, we are into week 11, the last week of the season. And, well, of course, it is chaos. We've had nothing but chaos. Chaos on this Wednesday as we set as we start to record this. I'm Sam Fowler, Assistant Sports Editor at the Victoria Advocate, joined as always by Mike Foreman, the sports editor, as well as sports reporter Jeremiah Sosa. Jeremiah, I forgot to look it up, but can you go to our Twitter page and see what the poll results are? Or at least just pull it up and show it to me. We asked we asked you the readers to tell us who you thought would win this week's East versus West football game. And while only 10 of y'all voted, but 70% of the voters say that West will retain the boot for a third consecutive year. We're going to touch on that a little bit. There's some, like we said, some schedule changes, but we want to hear from you first. Make sure that you send us your questions through Facebook, Twitter, or email reach us on Facebook at either the Victoria Advocate Facebook page or the Advo Sports Facebook page. Twitter, reach us with the handle at Advo Sports. And the email to get in touch with us is as always sports at VicAd.com. We got some we're, before we get to the scheduling chaos that is, we got Jeremiah and I have a couple of volleyball games to touch on last night, Victoria West, on Tuesday beat Roma in three sets and Mike you and I talked about it last night after the after the game it was kind of a dominant game Victoria West they dropped the opening point then went on a 10-3 run they held that lead for 79 consecutive points spanning into the into the third set when they eventually fell uh fell behind 10-8 and then closed on a 17-5 run The West the warriors looked fantastic. Grace Weiler and Avery Carlo they step up and combine for 19 kills on a night when senior Caroline Cohen, their top hitter, was held relatively quiet. She still was able to manage six kills against the Lady Gladiators, but and they got the their senior Kaylee Steele back after an ACL injury. So there, there's going to be seven or eight hitters at the net for for West as they go on. Think on Brownsville Veterans Memorial this Friday at 5.30 p.m. Jeremiah, you saw a scare for the Lady Flyer. St. Joseph wins in five sets against Houston Second Baptist, which then sets up a regional matchup with Houston Lutheran South with the right to go to the TAPS Class 5A state tournament. You know, what What made it so tough for, for St. Joe in that, in that, early in the early stages and, and and what led to them falling behind and then what changed to get them back into the match and eventually win it and
1: fine yeah well, when you know when i first got there you know that first set it kind of looked like st joseph's st joseph's kind of looked like how they had uh you know been looking the entire season you know dominating first set um over you know houston second baptist but then in that second set i don't know if they got a little comfortable or they kind of got thought that maybe it would be a little easier, easier match, but, um, you know, Houston second Baptist, they came out in that second set, you know, won that one and then the third set, that one was a little bit more closer. I know, uh, you know, St. Joseph, they had a 24 to 20 lead, um, you know, at the end of the set and could have, could have won it, but they ended up losing, you know, five, five out of the six points and, you know, dropping that third set. And then, you know, uh, you know, right after that third set, uh, that, that they lost, I know, uh, you know, uh, St. Joseph head coach Krista Uh, Swanland you know she got after her girls Uh, she told them that basically you know if you don't win this next set you're going home and you're basically the entire season you know all that hard work is is was for nothing so I think you know once they kind of snapped out of that you know error that they were in um, they kind of got back on track and you know took took care of the next two sets pretty swiftly so you know it was a scare in the beginning but I think uh, you know now that they got kind of got this loss out of their system I think you know they should should uh you know have have a more positive attitude going forward in the uh in the playoffs again
0: St. Joe with the chance to to get back to the state tournament for the first time since 2020 when they were crowned state champions and that team's just looked so good all year so dominant and and those moments certainly are few and far between and definitely make you take a double uh do a double take whenever you see them struggle on occasions like that so they're in there also you know you look around you had calhoun they won el campo they won so they're onto the area around shiner schulenberg weimer they're all into the area around in class 2a class 3a yokum industrial Goliath, they're in there you know teams that have just played so well and at the taps 1a level faith academy they're one went away from reaching the state tournament They take on St. Angelo Cornerstone Christian at a time and date to be determined. All right, we'll take a break real quick and hear a message from White Trash Services before we get to brief recaps. This episode is going to be mostly focusing on what has to happen in Week 11, what's at stake in Week 11. It's the last week of the year, teams fighting for playoff spots, playoff seating, all of that. So we're going to briefly touch on some of the games that we covered last week after this message from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do?
2: Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll off of companies
0: and you know y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the crossroads region just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the victoria area
2: high school sports are amazing one they keep kids out of trouble it teaches them about character teaches them about right and wrong uh how to do better in life you learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football
0: And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll off, or apply to be a part of your team?
2: You can give us a call at 361 550 1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things.
0: Welcome back in to episode 11 of The Grid presented by American Shield Roofing and Construction LLC. Well, week 10 was interesting. You had upsets, almost upsets and upsets that never happened. We'll start with Victoria West. They went down to Corpus Christi Miller and they were injured. They were they were beleaguered so badly. They were without starting quarterback Camden Repper uh dumped. Dominic Martinez, a sophomore, and Jeremiah Baldwin split reps in that game. Baldwin getting the start uh, before giving way to Martinez, and it, and and was just just struggled. They gave up touchdown drives of ninety-seven and uh, and, and seventy-five yards right out of the gate to Miller and, and Miller just used that speed to get past West in a lopsided win. Uh, but the bright side coming out of that for West was Kamari Montgomery had another big game. He rushed for over a hundred yards. He eclipsed the thousand yard mark, making him the first, the first thousand yard rusher for the Warriors since Chase Potack back in 2020. So, good on him he's he's in a good spot and he's been leading the warrior offense so no surprise there for the six foot 185 pounder we're going to go to memorial stadium now jeremiah your game was nearly an upset victoria east had a chance to potentially win the game uh, in the final minute of play against corpus christi veterans memorial and that would have thrown more chaos into a week that that's turned out to be already chaotic. Instead, safety there at the end, and Victoria East falls to Veterans Memorial 26-21. to 21. East is right there. They always play up in, in these games, and they nearly delivered a a massive blow for Veterans Memorial. What was the mood like? What was the takeaway from that game?
1: yeah well I think you know if if you, if you're east and you're looking at that game you know you're really impressed with the, the performance from your defense um especially the defensive line and they came up with five sacks um Nigel Prater he got an interception at the end of the second half to to you know stop the uh stop a score from from Veterans Memorial so you know that that defense you know entering the game you, you thought that they were gonna really gonna have to step up you know in order to keep keep the Titans in the game and you know they did that and, you know of course you look at the offense Jaden Williams you know he he did what he always does um over 200 yards passing three total touchdowns um and yeah like Sam said you know they had they had a chance at the end to to you know you know go ahead and win the game but um you know that that Eagles defensive line was too big and they they put some pressure on 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 Jaden Williams and you know he he was forced to you know throw the ball out of out of the the back of the or throw the ball out of the end zone which which resulted in an intentional grounding penalty you know which was a safety but you know if you're east you know kind of looking back on that game you know overall impressed with with the defense and you know offense they had a chance but um but yeah I, I talking to East uh, coach Roland Gonzalez this week and he he was really impressed and you know they were hoping to you know carry some of that momentum in, into uh you know their next game against West which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit.
0: Yeah it'll set up a a pretty big meeting between the two teams both of them in the playoffs and winner will get third place in district 145A more on that uh, a little bit later Mike though you had the upset and who else but Hallsville they seem they seem to love to to go in and and take down these these top ranked teams and, and they do so again with Hitchcock thanks to what 35 unanswered points in the second half Tommy Pensick's boys they're it, it seems like they have they they're getting healthier they're getting more guys back and you're seeing kind of what we saw from from this team in week one and all and up until they had all those injuries and that's a, a howardsville team that can go out and do some good things and really open some eyes specifically with the way their defense plays when they turn it on is that kind of what you saw from the from the bremas on friday
3: yes actually uh kind of an interesting game they were down 21 to 7 at halftime and uh I'm kind of wondering what you know what was going to happen Hitchcock is very very talented quarterback's a sophomore he's a very uh, big guy and uh he uh man he he's going to be a good one and uh they had some success they were running the ball they were passing the ball and Houtsville just just really couldn't seem to get things going but at halftime, um, they, uh, obviously went in and as, uh, coach Tommy Pensick said, he said, trust the game plan. Uh, we can play with these guys. And I think, uh, when they took the second half kickoff and went down and scored, uh, that kind of, they, they built some confidence in them and they realized, Hey, we can play with these guys. And they got a few stops and, um, and then they finally they went ahead and once they went ahead um they really uh i think Hitchcock uh, i don't know if i should say panicked but uh Hitchcock threw the ball like 41 times and that's too many and uh especially with their running game so uh but it benefited Houthsville cuz they were able to hold them off and then it got kind of weird towards the end because uh Houtsville stops them on fourth down with about a minute 25 left, and Houseville's up by seven. Well, everybody's thinking, well, they're just going to kneel the ball. No, that's not what happened. They threw four straight passes, and uh, they scored. And at that point, obviously, you figured out the reason they were doing it was the points. And it worked out for them because uh, as a result of this, uh, when they go to play Yokum on, Friday, on uh, Thursday now, that's right, that's one of those games that's been moved. Uh Houtsville wins, and uh, that's, of course, assuming Columbus beats uh, Hempstead. If Houtsville and Columbus both win, there'll be a three-way tie for the district championship with Houtsville, Columbus, and Hitchcock. And Columbus will get the first seed. Uh, Houtsville will be the second seed. And uh, Hitchcock drops all the way to the third seed. From I mean, if they win that game against Houtsville there, They're undisputed district champions, and they're the top seed. And that is a very big deal when you look up to see who they play in by district, and you realize it's the district with Franklin, Cameron, Yo, Lorena, and I think the fourth-place team is going to be Little River Academy. So, I mean, that is – seeding is very important in that district. So uh, that was a a huge comeback. And one thing I think I should point out about that that I thought was a big deal was – Demarion Austin was back for Hallettsville, and he had missed four games. And just having him there along with uh, Ja'Shawn Price was proved to be a big deal because it gave him another weapon, and, of course, uh, Austin also plays defense, and that helped. So uh, quite a night for the Howitzville was their senior night. uh was really a, a nice scene out there after the game.
0: And we talked about uh, last week, we talked about – St. Joe, they had to they had to win out. Unfortunately, they fall to St. Michael's. That takes them out of playoff contention. They'll host Austin Hyde Park on Friday. That's another one that got changed a little bit. Game time moved up from 7 p.m. to 6 p.m. They'll host Austin Hyde Park and uh, one of my idols as a as a former specialist, Phil Dawson. He's coaching Hyde Park, so that that'll do. That'll do it for us on recaps. Now we need to get to previews, and the first thing we need to do, we mentioned that Huntsville Yocum is now on Thursday. We mentioned that Edna has moved up, has moved its kickoff up an hour, or not Edna, I mean, St. Joseph in Edna has moved its kickoff up an hour to 6 p.m. But, the battle for the boot, East-West, that game got moved up to 5.30. ganado and Ganado and refurio has been moved up to thursday at seven at seven uh and then there's i think i went through there's eight total eight total games that have been changed that we know of as of right right now yeah, I think, uh,
3: on, on the games that have been moved to thursday that we are aware of are of course we mentioned refurio Ganado and refurio also, the Cuero uh, and LaGrange will play in Cuero, and that'll be Thursday. Gonzalez and Ginnings and Gonzalez will be Thursday. Uh, we said, hit, hit, uh, I'm sorry, Hallettsville and Yoakam will be Thursday. Also, uh, Louise and Snook is going to be Thursday. Those are the games we know that have uh, moved to Thursday. Uh, there's been a lot of time changes for some of the Friday games. For instance, El Campo has moved up to six PM. Um, you mentioned uh East and West, I believe. And uh, there's some and St. Joseph, of course, moved their game up to six PM. So um, a lot of changes. This this situation is very fluid. As uh and and it, this is uh there's a couple of things here. One is obviously Mother Nature, you know. Undefeated. Yep. Undefeated, untied, uh, always going to win. And the second thing is the referee situation. This is another example of how more officials are really needed, because a lot of these reschedules and what teams are trying to do to make the Saturday certification deadline for the UIL is uh, complicated by the fact that there just aren't enough referees. So... uh I would encourage anyone out there that's thinking about making a little extra money, loves athletics to consider becoming an official.
0: I'm going to kind of touch on that, but go in a completely different direction. I know back in uh, February, I did a story on the official shortage and the need for, for referees. And um, I was talking to the head of the Victoria softball chapter, and he said, if, if they keep if they keep losing officials at the rate they have, I think they, they experience like a, a 50, any something between a 58 and a 75% drop in officials. If that keeps happening, then Victoria is not going to have a softball chapter. And the biggest thing is the fans, coaches and players. And I know a lot of coach, certainly, especially in sports, things get heated and, And sometimes you you do have to have a thick skin, but man, there have been whenever I've been on the field covering games this year, there have been some bold, bold comments being made, especially out of the out of the stands from from the world's best officials. And my I want to make a plea right now because you know I I see these officials and I've talked to them and I work with them and, and you know there's usually a good working relationship between officials and 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 any of us who are on the sidelines and and covering games because we all kind of deal with the same thing we hear we hear the same things but you know these these are volunteers these are people who are volunteering their time certainly they get paid but you know it's not they don't get paid hourly they sit there and they go through these Long, long, long training periods. They go to clinics. They do all of this so that they can go out and they can they can take care of your kids and make sure that they have an enjoyable experience in a game that everybody loves. So parents, coaches, players, remember that everybody out there is trying their best. Everybody is, you know, officials might miss calls, but they're humans. Just like we're all humans. So do not. Because do not take the take the abuse. Do not take the abusive route on these officials. Otherwise, we're not going to have games. I mean, that's why some, Mike, you said it. That's why some of these teams can't can't move their games back up to Thursday and and avoid the weather or back to Saturday because they're not there. They're not available because they are in. They are so few in numbers right now that. We don't have that. So that's my rant for the day. But now let's go to Friday, 5.30 p.m. at Memorial Stadium. The battle for the boot, which I, I kind of agree with our former our former guy, Peter Scamardo, saying that this should still be the battle for the sword. This should be. But it's a battle for the boot. East-West, Crosstown Rivalry. Doesn't matter what name it is. It's still going to be a tightly, it's going to be a tightly contested game. East looks good. West has the potential just depends on injuries and who's back and what's, what's going to happen there. But West is looking for the three and the rivalry game and winner gets Southwest, the Southwest dragons out of San Antonio loser goes on and plays South side. Who's having a historic year there. Uh, I think they're entering the final week 8 and 1. They got a chance to go 9 and 1 undefeated district champions. Great great year for the Cardinals of Southside. I think Jeremiah for West. The key is going to be their defense. We've talked about what what East defense can do, but West's defense needs to step up and and kind of play like that. Limit the big plays, limit limit all of that. In the last two games, they've allowed 17 plays of over Twenty yards or more, and and against Miller, they they allowed nine, maybe maybe ten. I might have missed one, but you know there were multiple times where West could have just made the tackles and brought in guys down, and but they just couldn't. So if West if West's defense can buckle down and, and make some plays and, and slow down this high powered East offense because we we've seen it this year. I mean Jaden Williams does really good. and Giles now that he's back. They have the speed and they have the weapons to, to be explosive. It's just a matter of can West get there and stop it. For East, it kind of feels like they need to they need to go and attack West's defense and and, and try to expose them like kind of like Miller did with, with, with those explosive plays. So you know is that kind of what you're looking at in this matchup? Do you feel like that's kind of one of the big keys for East if if they want to get off this two
1: game schneid in, in the rivalry? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know East offense definitely there. they're they're going to have to you know play play one of their better games of the season. Um, you know against this West team. I mean, you, know, you look at you know their schedule their uh, schedule this for this year, and uh, you know you know all the games that they've lost. You know, um their defense has struggled and their offense is kind of like kept up a little bit with the, um, you know, with the opposing team's defense. So, you know, I think this game, you know, he, of course, uh, like, like Sam was saying, uh, Jaden Williams, he's going to have to step up, you know, try to, try to limit turnovers of uh, Jacarian Giles. He's going to, you know, this is his third week back after being injured for for a few weeks. So, you know, he's, he's looking for, to, to get back into that hundred yard rushing game. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel like, you know, East's de- defense really needs to kind of kind of have a similar game like they did last week as well if they if they want to kind of you know make this game competitive um you know you look at their east run defense last week they held uh the eagles to 160 yards um you know they average, you know about 250 so um so east east run defense you know definitely stepped up last week and i think you know going up against you know a west team with montgomery who you know like sam said uh, has over a thousand yards rushing i think they're going to really going to try to have to slow him down and kind of Kind of give the ball back to to Jaden Williams in the offense to you know make some plays and you know uh, you know get get the win if they can.
0: Yeah, that running back matchup is is a lot of fun with with Giles and Montgomery going at it. It's Montgomery's first year. We, you've heard it. I don't care, but college coaches need to definitely look at both of, both of those guys because they they have the talent to to do it, and, and especially you know from my perspective watching Montgomery. All year, he has the frame, and he has the he has the football IQ to do well. There's a district title on the line up the road in Quero at Gobblers Stadium on Thursday at 7:30 p.m. As uh, so the Gobblers will host the Lagrange Leopards, and Mike, you, you we've seen this this Quero team just kind of roll through district, but it seems like Lagrange is a team that that certainly can create some some havoc for for this Quero team how does Quero match up against lagrange La-
3: lagrange has uh, a lot of speed uh, i believe when their relay teams uh, made it to the state meet and they have size up front so that's where they pose the problem you know when you have size and speed that's a pretty good combination um they had trouble early in the year putting it together, but they seem to be playing better right now. They they pretty much annihilated Gonzalez last week, which kind of surprised me. Um, I think Cuero is uh, still an evolving team. I mean, uh, after uh, speaking to Coach Jared Fikach, he said, I mean, they're still putting in part of their offense. They're not totally... Uh, there yet, and they boy, they've sco- scored a lot of points. And now, uh, of course, looking at Cuero's defense, I mean, uh, it's been solid all year, they've had a few letdowns, but for the most part, the defense is solid. So, uh, I think uh, Cuero, um, if it takes care of business, uh, should, should get the result it wants.
0: Then I know, with all the, one of the funniest things with all the scheduling is kind of the panic that's been on. Uh, been on in in our heads this this entire Wednesday because you and I were talking before we came before we came in today about well what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and then you know, you're gonna you're going out to you're going out to Quero tomorrow and then you're then still to be determined what game on on Friday but you're gonna go you'll go cover another one I think you were I think you were thinking Bay City but you hadn't settled on it yet so. It's just been fun just sitting here going, all right, which Domino is going to fall next? I don't know. Do we, what other games are like just, there's a lot of playoff scenarios and, and you, did a, you did a lot on it in your weekly column after going out to El Campo who has already locked up the outright district championship. Great turnaround for, for El Campo. But what are a couple of the big, just briefly, what are a couple of the, Biggest playoff scenarios in your mind as we enter the final week of the regular season?
3: Well, you brought up El Campo, and that, that to me is uh, when I looked at that scenario and I actually had to call uh, Bay City coach Robert Jones to kind of figure it out. Um, Bay City has become a big El Campo fan, which is pretty bizarre. Uh, if El Campo beats uh, Brazosport, Bay City's in, no matter what happens against Stafford. Now, of course, Bay City wants to beat Stafford because if Bay City does beat Stafford, it would be the second seed, which would obviously, the higher the seed, the better off you usually are. Not always, but usually. So that's kind of funny. Um, I also spoke to Chris Freitag out at Flatonia um, and he he was kind of angry because he wanted to move his game up against Holland, which, as you know, is up towards Temple up that way, which where the weather could be even worse to Thursday, but the Holland coach wouldn't budge so uh and there's a scenario where Holland has one loss, and Thorndale has one loss, and Flatonia has no losses, and Hearn plays Thorndale and Flatonia of course, like I said, plays Holland. So if, if Latonia takes care of business, they're outright district champs. But if Holland beats them, you could have a two- or a three-way tie. So that's a very important game. Also, um, you know, this may be under the radar a little bit, but Goliath and Palash's play. And theoretically, if Goliath wins, it's the third seed. And But... If Palacios wins, Palacios actually has an opportunity to get in the playoffs, depending on what happens with London. I believe London plays Mathis. If somehow Mathis could beat London, you'd have a chance of Palacios coming into the playoffs. But if Goliath takes care of business, it will be the third seed. Of course, we've already mentioned this, that Edna's number one and Industrial will be number two. Um we we talked about Haltsville Yoakum, what a kind of a mess that is. Um other otherwise here it's kind of Nixon Smiley. We haven't mentioned them. Uh they played Natalia. The winner of that game is the second seed. And that's uh pretty amazing, uh the job that Troy Moses has done at Nixon. He he installed the uh slot T. Uh and uh, a lot of coaches will tell you uh they hate playing against slot T teams and uh Obviously, it's worked out for Nixon. And the other, the only other district I'm, I might want to mention is uh, Tidehaven because they're, that's a pretty interesting scenario. Uh, Tidehaven and Van Black, they're big Matagorda County rivals all the time. That's been a rivalry for years. Um, Tidehaven wins that game. It's outright district champion, top seed. Now, Van Black wins. Van Black is the top seed. Tidehaven would be the second seed. Now, but if Tidehaven beats Van Vleck, that's where it gets interesting because Brazos and Bowling and East Bernard and Rice Consolidated play. And Van Vleck, if Bowling beats Brazos and Tidehaven beats uh, Van Vleck, you have Bowling as the second seed, Van Vleck as the third seed, and then Brazos would be the fourth seed. But there is a, a possibility there where if... Van Vleck beats Tidehaven, or Tidehaven beats Van Vleck, Brazos beats Bowling, and East Bernard beats Rice, Bowling would be out of the playoffs. So it could go anywhere from second seed to out of the playoffs. That just shows you how when you have four teams make the playoffs, it's crazy. And we're the smaller district. Obviously, these things can happen. Obviously, you look at the A-team districts, you know, like East and West, it's pretty clear cut usually by the time you get to the last week. But when you're in these smaller districts, boy, there there's a bunch of stuff that can happen.
0: Mike, that's why we love you, because you you can sit there and deduce all of this, and, and, and it's like watching a supercomputer work. Well, that'll do it for us here on Episode 11 of The Grid. Next week, we're going to have playoff previews. Playoffs? You're talking about playoffs?
3: Yeah, what what do we say, Sam, that uh, we could have as many as 25 teams in the playoffs? I think that's what we figured. So, uh, still a lot of football to be played.
0: Yeah, a lot of football. And hopefully it'll culminate in the beautiful metropolis of Arlington, Texas at AT AT&T Stadium. Hopefully, we'll see another area team in there. So, just a heads up for coverage wise, Jeremiah and I will be at Memorial Stadium on Friday for that game. Mike, you're going to be at Quarrel LaGrange on Thursday. Then you're going to be in Bay City for for their game, more than likely. I mean, if you follow Mike on Twitter, he'll let you know where he is. So, that's where we'll be. Kevin Allstrom going to cover Halotsville Yoakum on Thursday and. St. Joseph Hyde Park on Friday. So, tune in next week. Let's see how this goes. Make sure you like, follow, and share this podcast because, well, we are the best in the Crossroads region. You don't want to miss out on that. Make sure to get in touch with us Facebook, Twitter, and email either through the Victoria Advocate or Advo Sports Facebook pages. Twitter, our handle is at Advo Sports and the email sports at VicHat.com. that'll do it for us we'll see you next week on the grid